0: Glory. I don't know if you got your pop on red. You got your butt on red. I came like out the womb line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you could for the ball from this team. No up above his head. They can't jump with me. guys. Lee. Who is a tackle in the courtyard? Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news, and then I will jump right in and do some of my breakdowns for the Sunday games, uh, the early Sunday slate. Uh, due to some to some time constraints today, I'm only going to break down six of the uh, six of the games that happened this Sunday, and then I'll do the other six, which is mostly the afternoon half, and then obviously the uh, Sunday night game. I will do on tomorrow's podcast, as well as breaking down the Monday night football game, and then obviously at the end of today's podcast, I will give you guys a preview of the Monday night game between the Giants and the Atlanta Falcons. So. With all that said, let's jump right into and get all of the news that has happened today and uh, after the games yesterday. All right, so the obvious big trade news, if you haven't seen it yet or heard it before you listen to this, Amari Cooper has been moved to the Dallas Cowboys for a first round pick, their 2019 first round pick. That is ridiculous, in my opinion. Good for John Gruden and getting that. They came right out when the Amari Cooper trade rumors came out and said they wanted at least a first-round pick for him. They got it. They now have gotten three first-round picks, I believe, uh, out of these two trades and getting two for Khalil Mack and then the one for Amari Cooper. Uh, Amari Cooper, you know, had two straight seasons with 72 or more receptions and 1,000 yards, five-plus touchdowns, and then has just not done anything the past two last year and so far this year. Uh, Some people think that it's it's due to Derek Carr and his injury history, uh, dealing with the back and everything. Uh, Amari Cooper, in my opinion, has struggled severely with drops, and I think that's affected his value a lot. Why I think it's a bad move for Dallas is I just don't see Amari Cooper bringing them much can he be an unquestioned one? Absolutely, he has the talent, has the skill. You know, I remember when he was coming out of Alabama; everybody loved this kid. He was a consensus top five uh, dynasty rookie pick in uh, in rookie drafts for dynasty leagues and fantasy. Uh, he has the talent. He just really hasn't been able to put it all together, and I don't think that Dak is going to help him do that. Now, do I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Dak? I honestly don't think I can say that at this point. Uh, Derek Carr has had the one MVP-type season, but other than that, he's kind of struggled to to do anything. We've seen Dak have one good season and then kind of struggle uh, to do much of the past two. I'm just... Dak, for me, I think Amari Cooper... Uh, As I've talked about on the podcast before, uh, some stuff that people have said about him that I truly believe, when he is in man-to-man coverage, uh, he struggles. He just can't consistently beat... Cornerbacks or just DBs in general off the ball uh, and struggles to go up, get it and and beat people out. Really kind of stru- uh, to make the catch and fight with people. The DBs, I don't say people. He's not fighting people on the street. Fight the DBs to get the ball. But in zone coverage, he is very smart in his route r- running to find the holes and the the spots uh, that the the coverage is weak and get the ball. Dak can hit him, obviously, fairly short. I just don't think that Dak's a very good deep ball thrower where I think Amari has kind of succeeded in the past. So I'm not necessarily sure this marriage is going to work up as well as the Cowboys think or probably hope it will in sending the first-round pick to them. Uh, But it's definitely going to be interesting for Dak Oakland side of things here I mean it just makes this wide receiver core extremely bare so right now I mean you're looking at your starters are Jordy Nelson Brandon LaFell Martavius Bryant Uh, I don't think this really brings any of their value up Amari not being there if if you had to choose one I would say it's Jordy Nelson then Martavius uh, Brandon LaFell being the third but I don't know if you can trust any of these guys Jordy's had himself you know, a couple good games here, one elite game and then two up there near 20. So he's had himself some fairly decent games. But, man, it's just I'm shocked that he actually got moved for just one first-round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, for, for Oakland, they're clearly jumping into this rebuilding mode for John Gruden, he, he's going to get his guys and keep his guys. Obviously, Amari Cooper wasn't one. A lot of people are questioning now if Derek Carr is going to be next. I'd be really surprised if they did that, but I guess we'll see. And then again, just, just real quick for their wide receivers in fantasy, I think if, if you've got to pick anybody up, I would imagine it would be Brandon LaFell. Uh, I don't think he's widely owned, uh, but even then, I can't imagine he does much. Same with Martavius Bryant. Jordy Nelson is, I think, the guy who's going to reap the most out of this, get more targets, and be an even bigger red zone threat than he was before. So the trade rumors right now are swirling around guys like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Now, I've talked about it all year long on this podcast, so if you've been listening, you know. Both those guys next year are due a lot of money, but both can... uh, Denver can get out of both of their contracts for very little money. Of course, I mean, when I say that, uh, a hit to their cap, dead cap. Uh, So there's a lot of talk about one or possibly both these guys getting moved. As I've said all season long, I don't think both get moved. I think one does. Um, It looks to be like it's going to be Demarius Thomas, especially with the connection that Emmanuel Sanders has had with Case Keenum. I think a lot of that's going to depend on if he does get traded, where he goes, on if his value improves. Uh, he He's not had a horrible season. He has struggled. Uh, really, he's kind of struggled the past two years, at least in my opinion, especially not putting up touchdowns, uh, getting still a fair amount of catches and yards. He is going to be 30 years old, so I'd be surprised to see if he does get traded or where he goes. Uh like I said, all that's gonna his value is gonna depend on on clearly where he goes. If he gets traded, though, I think that hugely boost up Cortland Sutton big time. Uh, we all know that he's got the talent. He's flashed at times for them, and uh, allowing him to become the number two alongside Emmanuel Sanders there, if. Thomas gets uh, moved is going to be great. In redraft leagues, I would honestly start looking at picking him up now. The trade deadline is next week, so I'd put in if you can, if you can afford him, if you've got room on your bench, I'd put in for Cortland Sutton this week because if Thomas is moved next week, you're going to have someone who could easily, with with the upside and talent that he has, be a wide receiver too within the next coming weeks. Uh, as for the starter part that I talked about earlier, right now Doug Marone won't reveal if Blake Bortles or Cody Kessler is going to start for the Jags. Uh, you know, I'm really not worried about either one. Obviously, Cody Kessler, when he came in last week, looked good—or I wouldn't say good—looked better than Blake. You know, that I would say at this point is not hard to do. Uh, obviously, whichever one comes in, it, it either one is going to limit the upside uh, of the offense in general. But once that becomes apparent. Probably later in the week, I would think about Wednesday or Thursday, we'll talk about that when it happens, because like I said, it will change the offense, or at least their upside just a little bit. And then last but not least, the injury news is somewhat good news for for Sony Michelle owners. Uh, They did get the MRI back today on his knee, and it revealed that there was not significant damage to his knee. Uh, He just suffered an MCL sprain, which is really great news. If you saw the injury on Sunday, it looked like it was going to be really bad, and you were going to be without Michelle for a while. Uh, Chances are he's going to sit for two to three weeks uh, which mean, I mean, that's really gonna boost up James White's value because he's been ridiculous as it is, and now making him really kind of the sole back in that backfield, I think is gonna be huge for him. But it is still, like I said, good news to to know that he avoided a serious injury. Likely gonna be out three, prob- probably four weeks. I would imagine closer to the four. So plan plan to be without him for at least four weeks. If he comes back earlier, great. If not. You know, hopefully you guys have got someone you can put in place for him. I know most teams, you probably got him after the 6th, 7th, 8th round in most drafts. I know one of mine, he went in like the 12th round because uh, nobody was sure what to do with New England running backs. You can't trust them is what the narrative was in the offseason except for someone like this guy who talked about how, who, you know, talked about and said, hey, this guy, they drafted him in the first round for a reason. He's going to be legit. All right, that is going to do it for all of our news today. Nothing else really um, important going on. Uh, with the NFL news, so we won't talk about anything else with that. We'll get right into our game breakdowns for the Sunday early morning slate. And we're going to start with the Carolina Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Panthers pulling off a huge upset. Uh, a lot of people thought Philly was going to easily win this game, moving Carolina to 4-2 and two, and Philly going to 3-4. and four. So, for Carolina's side here, Cam Newton Came through yet again, 269 in the air, two touchdowns, added 49 yards on the ground. Tried to get a rushing touchdown, but got stopped at the goal there right at the end of the game. And I mean, for fantasy, yet again, he comes through, giving you twenty-five points. I, I mean, this guy—he's—he's he's been awesome. Like I've talked about before, a lot of his obviously production comes on the ground. That's not news to anybody. But it's when he's able to put up the uh, the passing yards, like he did in this game, the two sixty-nine. That is when he really comes through for you in fantasy. Uh, again, yet again, he's doing it. He's looks like he's on track. Uh, to put up numbers like he did in his MVP season, so if you've got him, I think at this point he's got to be a must-start. You know, finishing right—at least right now as the number five running or quarterback. I'm sorry again. You've got Matt Ryan. I wouldn't say and Eli Manning. Cause I doubt Eli Manning finishes that high tonight. But you've got Matt Ryan going tonight, so that could obviously change. Speaking of rushing, Christian McCaffrey struggled yet again this week. With just 29 yards on the ground with 7 carries. Again, he, he's doing a good job when he gets the carries. Put up 4.1 yards a carry. That's above the NFL average. I mean, really just uh, .1 yards above the NFL average. But still doing at least the NFL average or better. He's just not getting the carries. Uh, they're leaning a lot more on the passing game or allowing Cam to run. Whether those are designed QB runs or he's just taking off. It's still hurting McCaffrey's value here. Uh, Really came through, obviously, in the passing game with six receptions and 51 yards. Uh, But just 11 points in fantasy this week. Uh, You know, it it sucks. Again, I'm a a Christian McCaffrey owner myself. Hate to see him like this. We need him to get back to where he was carrying the ball upwards of 10 to 12 times a game and talk you know the coaches talked about or coach Ron Rivera talked about all offseason getting him 20 plus touches a game hasn't happened really that much this season as much as they said maybe that's game script or the games as they've been and they were behind fairly early in this game and had to make a comeback so that explains why he was getting all the catches but still just sucks to see him struggle uh, to get those rushing yards and, and he hasn't scored now in two weeks in a row uh, in the receiving game here uh, Devin Funches comes through for you yet again getting you 15 points in fantasy uh, just got you know six catches for 62 yards and the touchdown uh, and this is kind of what he is every week I would expect this out of him most weeks uh, a lot of people talk about how he's just like a tight end out there uh, with how slow he's been moving but it works you know if, if you can get that kind of production out of him most weeks 10 points that's good for a wide receiver to a wide receiver three even a flex position so he's continued to produce been very consistent this year it's been it's been nice to see if you're a Devin Funchess owner or believer uh Torrey Smith had a okay day for you here as well 61 yards did get you you know just eight points in in PPR uh but the the big surprise I guess at least for me Curtis Samuel uh did just get obviously the one catch but added nine yards and the touchdown on the ground. Uh, Rushing yards had himself a a decent day for fantasy, nine points altogether. Uh, I really like the way that they've kind of used him in this explosive kind of – Uh, versatile weapon role I would love to see that more often out of the slot again I don't know why they have guys like Torrey Smith and Jarius Wright out there if I was running the Panthers it'd be Devin Fungus on the outside with DJ Moore and then Curtis Samuel in the slot with McCaffrey in the backfield that's extremely explosive and I think this team could be so much better if they would just kind of lean on that stuff instead of giving these guys like Jarius Wright and Torrey Smith targets but as long as they're getting him, we can't count really on Curtis Samuel um, or or DJ Moore really, who here just only ha- just had 29 yards uh, for tight end here, Greg Olson. I mean, just got you the touchdown. That's it. Uh, nothing else. Five yards. It was all really kind of on that one play. Uh, for Olsen here, I think he's becoming a lot like Kyle Rudolph, uh, where I think he's just going to be extremely touchdown dependent. I don't see him doing much more in in the field, getting you those those rack yards and everything that really kind of gave you the Greg Olsen points that you wanted, uh, just because I don't think that foot is fully healed, and I don't think it's going to be fully healed anytime soon. So really, to me, he's become touchdown dependent, much like Kyle Rudolph off in Minnesota. For the Eagles here, Carson Wentz yet again just continues to remind us why Carson Wentz is legit. Uh, three hundred and ten yards here, two touchdowns. Uh, didn't do much else. Oh yeah, three hundred ten. I'm sorry, I was looking at something else. Added you know three yards on the ground, whatever. Uh, still a good game. Obviously had a crucial fumble in the game uh, that caused ended up causing Philly the loss there. Uh, all around though for fantasy, he still continued to produce since coming back. Top 5 quarterback, you know, put up 20 points this week. Finishing just outside the top uh, 5 with 9 points. but Finishing 9, I'm sorry, 9 points. Finishing 9 altogether. So, you know, good day for him. In the rushing attack here, so... Wendell Smallwood got a bulk of the carries with nine, thirty-two 32 yards uh, added, you know, five yards in the receiving game, but nothing else really there. Josh Adams got a fair amount of work as well with four carries, uh, 17 yards. Corey Clement did not look good at all, guys. Eight carries for six yards, just continues to struggle. I'm sure some of it has to do with his injury uh, issues. I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down for a week or two and lean completely on Smallwood or Adams. Again, I've been an Adams believer and truther since the combine, or it didn't really go to the combine, uh, but since last year when I thought he had a chance to actually win the Heisman uh, before Baker ended up blowing up like he did. uh, But For all those I've talked about it before, Josh Adams was right there with Saquon Barkley as the best running back in the league until he hurt his ankle. Uh, I I think people forget how good Josh Adams is because of that. I thought he ran fairly well in multiple runs in that game. I I could really see him and Wendell Smallwood being a a pretty good tandem here if they actually decide to sit Clement and allow him to get healthy. In the receiving game here, obviously Zach Ertz just blew up on you. 138 yards on nine catches. Just continues to be by far... The best tight end in the game. And uh, Dallas Goddard showed up here as well. Zach Ertz giving you 18 points and then Dallas Goddard giving you 12. Of course, that being mostly because of the touchdown, did get 43 yards. Had a nice little run there too uh, to get a lot of those yards. Uh, looked really good. And again, this is kind of what we talked about with him in the touchdowns. Uh, we thought that he might vulture some from Ertz. And I could see it happen. Dallas Goddard is a physical freak. I mean, he's going to be a legit top tight end here in the near future. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey came through for you. 88 yards and a touchdown. Putting up 18 points in a PPR. And then the only other person to even score for them in the receiving game was Nelson Aguilar. Who just got you 5.6 catches and 20 yards. Just not... Not a great game for Aguilar there, but we'll hope that things get better. The next game on my list just... Oh, f- son of a... So, if you couldn't tell by that rant right there, the Cleveland Browns lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in overtime... 23 to 26. So, for the Brown side of things here, Baker Mayfield actually had a really good game. 215 yards, two touchdowns came through for you in fantasy. With twenty points, I mean he he looked good. Made a you know a couple of bad decisions. Took a couple of big sacks that they didn't need, but for fantasy he came through for you. finishing in the top ten at quarterback, which was awesome. Nick Chubb uh, in his first game as a starter had in, had a decent game. Uh, did get eighteen carries, but for only eighty yards. Again, that's still you know four point four yards a carry, which is which is good. Again, above the NFL average. Did get a touchdown as well, uh, but I think a lot of people were hoping for more than that. Again, came through with 14 points for fantasy. Uh, can't ask for more from a guy, you know. I mean, he's likely going to be moved up as an RB one, at least in my opinion, in the coming weeks. But still, not a bad game for his his debut as the starter. Uh, Duke Johnson here really did nothing. Uh, just 23 yards in the receiving game, only 3.9 for fantasy. Uh, speaking of the receiving game, Jarvis Landry finally reminded us why he is a wide receiver one and what he can do when he gets the ball. He uh, got over ten, or sorry, only got ten receptions though for ninety-seven yards. Had a nice touchdown, a great football play, great, great uh, heady play by him. A lot of smarts to dive or put that ball over the goal line knowing he hadn't been touched yet. Put up 20 points in fantasy. Uh, Damian Ratley, who I thought might have a good game here, didn't do much. Just 3 points in fantasy. Just 3 catches for 23 yards. And Antonio Callaway one for 14. Uh, David Njoku continues to strut his stuff and prove that he's a tight end 1. Giving you 13 points in fantasy uh, with the touchdown and the 52 yards on 14 catches. For Tampa Bay's side here, so Jameis Winston for the second week in a row puts up over 300 yards, gets a 350 yards in passing, but no touchdowns, uh, at least in the air, and two interceptions. Of course, what really helped Winston here, though, was his rushing. uh, Did get 55 yards and a touchdown in the rushing game. Came through for you with 24 points in fantasy. Uh, you know, I expect this to be exactly what Jameis does all year long. If if he's still on your waiver wire, you guys have got to pick him up. He really does have a chance to be a wide, uh, wide receiver, a quarterback one to high end quarterback two every week. I know a lot of people did not draft him, especially in redraft leagues, due to his suspension. In the Russian game, besides Jameis Winston, nobody came through here. Uh, you know, Peyton Barber just thirty yards on eleven carries, and then Ronald Jones, uh, thirteen yards, did get the touchdown. He had the most points in this backfield with nine point three yards. Uh, for the wide receivers, Mike Evans had a okay day here: seven receptions on one hundred and seven with one hundred and seven yards, giving you fourteen points. Deshaun Jackson uh had a good game here uh did get a rushing touchdown actually on 8 yards and then added just two catches for 25 but hey uh, it all counts in fantasy as it added up to 10 points. Chris Godwin got you 8 points uh as well with five catches and 59 yards and then of course OJ Howard five catches and 67 yards here coming uh, i mean i would say coming through for you in fantasy getting you about nine points again tight end is kind of a wasteland this year so if you can get nine points out of a tight end that is pretty good at least in my opinion the next game up you have got is the titans and the charger the london game early morning game uh for sunday which is always awesome always love to get those early morning games and get a three good games in or, you know, watch those early games and you get all those early afternoon games. So for the Titans, uh, Marcus Mariota here had, I mean, a uh, Marcus Mariota day, I guess is the best way to describe it now at this point. 237 yards with one touchdown, one interception, added 38 yards on the ground. Got you 16 points in fantasy. Uh, the surprise here for me was Dion Lewis uh, had himself a huge game for the Titans. And this is exactly what if you were a Dion Lewis owner or someone who drafted him in redrafts leagues, you were hoping for. Came through with 91 yards on the ground, added another 64 in the air, coming through with 18.5 points. Derrick Henry actually showed up getting you double-digit points as well in this game. 33 yards on the ground, 33 or sorry, 32 yards in the air, and also got a rushing touchdown coming through with 13.5 points. So again, both those guys having themselves a fairly good game against a very good Chargers defense, but Deion Lewis looked more explosive. Hopefully they can continue to make him look this good going forward. Uh, For their wide receivers, their leading wide receiver fantasy-wise this week was Tajay Sharp with 13 points, had 101 yards on seven catches. Uh, The only one here to score was uh, their tight end, Luke Stalker. other than him though, I mean none of the wide receivers came through. Taewon Taylor just 1.3 points uh, on one catch for 8 yards. Corey Davis 2.5 points uh, with 10 yards on 3 catches. For the Chargers here, Phillip Rivers continues to just be the old gunslinger here. Uh, One of my favorite quarterbacks again consistently in the the top 10 and I think really kind of undervalued uh, with as good as he's been so far this year. Put up 20 points in this game with 306 yards in the air and two touchdowns. Uh, For their running backs, Melvin Gordon was out, uh, ruled out late Saturday night. Austin Eckler got the start and honestly didn't do much with it. He uh, just had 42 yards on the ground, uh, added 26 yards in the air to get him 9 points, uh, and that was really it. Justin Jackson, the rookie out of Northwestern, who I really like, uh, just had 3 yards uh, on the ground and 11 yards in the air to give you 1.9 points, but... That was it for their running backs. Uh, it will be interesting to see if they hold Melvin Gordon out another week. If Austin Eckler can do more, a lot of people liked him, including myself. I plugged him in late Saturday nights, hoping he would have himself a good game against this Tennessee defense that's been really bad, and he just he struggled really to do anything. Uh, in the receiving game here, so Tyre Williams comes through yet again for the second week in a row. Uh, gives you 19 points in fantasy with 118 yards, a touchdown on four catches you <laughs> Mike Williams was the next best, 12 points here, getting 55 yards on one touchdown. And then, of course, following them up, Keenan Allen with nine points as he got 72 yards on five catches. Uh, definitely a very explosive uh, triple threat here in the wide receiver game, like all these guys. Uh, Tyrell Williams, I don't expect to hold the value that he's holding now, uh, but an interesting hold in Dynasty. So, for redrafts, if I were you, at least in my opinion, Tyrell Williams is a sell high now because uh, I I don't expect him to keep this pace up. I do think it's going to be more Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But for Dynasty, so Tyra Williams can become a free agent next year. He's shown throughout the years when Keenan Allen was hurt, and even some this year, that he can be an explosive big play threat. Uh, And I think if he is moved somewhere and given the chance to be the guy, that uh, he could hold a lot of value for you in fantasy. So if it were me, I would hold on to him in Dynasty Leagues, but in redraft, Uh, if you can get a fairly good uh, price for him, I would move him now because I don't expect him to continue putting up the numbers that he has. Next up, we're going to go to the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Jets. Minnesota winning this game 37-17. So for Minnesota side here and Kirk Cousins, uh, Kirk Cousins yet again 17.5 points in fantasy, 241 yards in the air and two touchdowns. Uh, was expecting a little bit more out of him. Their defense uh, put up a couple scores, played really well here or sorry, got a bunch of turnovers and played really well here against the New York Jets and was hoping that he would get a little bit more on the points. Uh, Latavius Murray, though, came through yet again, trying to make uh, everybody forget that uh, Dalvin Cook even exists and trying to take that job back from him. 69 yards here on the ground with two touchdowns. Uh, Didn't really do much in the air, though, not that he's really known for that. Uh, but did add 14 yards on two catches, came through with 21 points in fantasy. So, again, huge day for him fantasy-wise. Hopefully, if you had Dalvin Cook, you you handcuffed him with Latavius Murray. If you did so, then you're doing fairly well for yourself right now. And then on the wide receivers, I mean, Adam Thielen. Championship. Thielen just continues to be a Boss here. Coming through for you big yet again. Another week with 100 yards uh, in the air. Uh, Ties the record. I hope that he breaks it next week. Scores again. That's five touchdowns now uh, in six games. Just been ridiculous. Ridiculous! Uh, like I said, 110 yards on 9 catches for the touchdown. Gave you 21 points in fantasy. Uh, hoping he breaks that record next week because I love the guy. I love the way he plays the game. But, of course, with him doing that good yet again, Stephon Diggs struggles. Comes through with just, not even comes through, screws you with 6 points in fantasy as he just had the 8 catches and 33 yards. I would expect Diggs' day is going to come He's too good to continue struggling, but it has been a struggle for him, especially with as good as Steelens been. Uh, if you played Aldrick Robinson, he came through for you here, 34 catches and obviously the touchdown getting nine points. Uh, and then, of course, their tight end, Kyle Rudolph, did absolutely nothing here. Uh, just two points. You know, again, I've talked about it, just the one catch on 16 yards. He He's become a red zone threat. If he is not getting... The uh, work in the red zone, if he doesn't get you a touchdown, chances are he is not going to come through with you. He's just kind of been reduced to that, unfortunately, with Kirk Cousins on the way this offense is. For the Jets here, rookie Sam Darnold had an okay day. 17 points for fantasy with 206 yards, but the one touchdown and three interceptions. Obviously, the three interceptions likely hurting you in fantasy. And, you know, it was a bad day for him, but he still looked good, in my opinion, at times. I'm really excited to see where he goes uh, in his future. I've liked the way he's looked, uh, and if they can get some better... uh, Fantasy, not fantasy, I'm sorry. If they can get better NFL offensive players around him, I think he's going to be all right. Uh, In the running backs uh, here, so Trenton Cannon led the way for this team, at least fantasy wise, with uh, 9.3 points. Didn't do much actual stuff in the game, though. At least uh, rushing-wise, just the four yards, but did get four catches and 69 yards. Uh, Like I said, the best player for them, uh, at least in the running backs. Isaiah Curwell just five points with 29 yards on the ground and 21 yards in the air. And then Belial Powell, just three points as he only got 20 yards on the ground and five. Uh, in the air on just one one reception. So just a bad day all around for them. Of course, didn't help that they were down fairly early. Uh, defense made a big play, uh, kind of got back into it, but then Minnesota, after getting the, the multiple interceptions and everything off Sam Darnold, were kind of t- able to go away with it. Uh, their best wide receiver t- uh, for fantasy yesterday was Robbie Anderson with 5.9 points, uh, just 44 yards on three catches. I thought he would have a, a fairly decent game here. With uh, going up against Xavier Rhodes, who's kind of struggled, but then really nobody did anything, even him really, with just five points. Andre Roberts, three points uh, with just 21 yards on the one catch, and then the rookie Deontay Burnett. 1.4 1.4 points with one catch for nine yards so Jermaine curse nothing Sharon peak nothing which is a little bit ridiculous like I said Minnesota's defense has actually been kind of beat up on lately uh, I have I expected it to be more of a of a shootout and those guys to put up more points than they did and they did they just struggled altogether as an offense so Next game up, we have the Detroit Lions beating the Miami Dolphins 32 to 21. For the Lions side here, Matt Stafford, again, has a nice little Matt Stafford day. 17 points in fantasy, 217 yards in the air, and two touchdowns with nine yards rushing. Uh, just continues to be a consistent guy. We've talked about this, uh, I'm sure, most of on most podcasts. Uh, that's what he does. He's very consistent. You can pretty much plug him in every week and expect this kind of game out of him. The big story for them, though, however, was their running back. So, carry on Johnson with Theo Riddick being out. Finally got a bulk of the carries here. 19 carries. He put up 158 yards. Uh, Did get a little bit of work in the receiving game, but not much. Just as typical. He usually gets about two to three catches. He got two here for 21 yards, but again, all of it coming most of his fantasy points coming in the rushing game, putting up 18 points was great to see. Hopefully, they continue to lean on him in the rushing game now and stop using Legarrette Blunt because Legarrette Blunt sucks. Uh, he did get you 50 yards and a touchdown if you started. Legarrette Blunt came through for you, I guess with 11 points. If you were starting him, chances are you're starting him as a flex anyways, and hoping for the best because that's what he's kind of become: is a goal line, goal line back to get you points. Really, just for really just get you touchdowns. Uh, Uh, The six points not really do much in the rushing game. None of their wide receivers came through here. And, I mean, so we'll start with Golden Tate. Uh, I mean, he had the best game out of all of them, technically. Uh, had just the one. Uh, he did have a 30-yard rush, which helped him out obviously, and then had four catches for 36 yards, giving him seven points. Marvin Jones here, just 4.4 points with 29 yards on three catches. Obviously, the best guy to come through for them uh, in the receiving game was actually their tight end. Michael Roberts, who came through with 18 points as he got three catches for 48 yards and two touchdowns. But the most painful thing of that game was Kenny Galladay. So, Kenny Galladay finished with 37 yards on two catches, however, was wide open in the end zone, caught a great touchdown, and then the refs decided that they would call some kind of bullshit offensive call on the offensive line. What the fuck? That is exactly what I was shouting uh, when that happened as someone who owns Kenny Galladay in a lot of leagues. Uh, extremely frustrating, but better days ahead for Kenny G there. He, he's he been fairly legit most of the season, so having that touchdown wiped off the board. While it hurt us this week, I'm sure it'll come back and, and reap its own later on in the season. So... For the Miami Dolphins, the Brock Lobster, Brock Tober, Brock Osweiler came through, uh, played yet again starting quarterback, had himself a Fairly good game here um, for the Miami Dolphins with Ryan Tannehill out. Just a heads up, Ryan Tannehill will be out again uh, this coming week, so he'll get the start as w- uh, well this week against Houston. Uh, and He came through with 17 points with 239 yards in the air, and two touchdowns, no interceptions, which was nice to see for him. Uh, unfortunately for the Dolphins, uh, for a lot of very frustrated Kenyon Drake owners, he finally decided to show up probably right after all of us decided to put him on our motherfucking benches getting 16 points with 72 yards and a touchdown on the ground and uh adding himself up oh, where do you go there he is 15 yards on four catches in the air so Tandon Drake finally getting utilized by this offense and comes through for you. Hopefully you guys did not put him on your bench like I did cuz I had kind of given up hope uh because of how good Frank Gore had been and of course he comes through then once once he's been placed you know, on on the bench which you know is really really frustrating Frank Gore though 29 yards for 10 carries uh, did not do much for you in fantasy just a 3.8 points the wide receivers here for Miami their best on the day was Danny Amendola who I'm sure nobody expected but got the six catches and 84 yards with a touchdown a lot of that doing or a lot of that coming with the fact that Albert Wilson uh, got hurt and Kenny Stills as well Kenny Stills I believe has already been ruled out for this coming game uh, against Houston, uh, but again had himself uh, a, a good game here with seven points. Uh, just the whoop whoop, I lost it. Hang on, sorry guys. As uh, I was reading that right, I, I, I was a little mistaken there. He got the touchdown with just the one reception though, five five yards, where he ended up getting hurt. And again, I believe he's already been ruled out for next week. Uh, Albert Wilson 32 yards on 3 catches had himself an okay day again. He got hurt, likely he'll be back though, 5.1 points in fantasy. Uh, but really good to see was Mike Gasecki, the rookie out of Penn State, got you 5.9 catch uh, 5.9 fantasy points again. Not a huge day for fantasy, but nice to see him kind of getting involved uh, as he did get 3 receptions for 44 yards. And then the last game that I'm going to break down uh, today, again, I'm, I will do the rest of them tomorrow. I'm kind of on some time constraints today. Uh, but the New England Patriots defeating the Chicago Bears 38-31. to So for the New England Patriots side of things, Mr. Tom Brady, Teflon Tommy, continues to do Teflon Tommy things with 22 points. I'm sorry, guys, if you feel that's a horrible New England accent. Probably is, but I like doing it. I like saying his name like that. Teflon Tommy. Uh, it kind of sounds Scottish actually when I say it that way. I won't say it slow anymore because it does sound kind of Scottish. But, anyways, 277 yards with three touchdowns and uno interception. Uh, again, 22 points in fantasy. Can't expect much else from Tom Brady. He's going to continue doing things. Probably going to play forever. I don't think the dude's ever going to retire because he's just that damn good. Uh, for the running backs here, obviously, Sony Michel was doing fairly good up until he got injured. Four carries for 22 yards. Had got you up to three points in fantasy right off the bat. And then, of course, again, got hurt. Uh, we, as we talked about earlier, not a serious injury. He should be back within four weeks. James White, though, continues to dominate at the fantasy position. Again, it's ridiculous to think that you could have gotten this guy in literally the double-digit rounds more than likely in redraft leagues this year. And he's uh, easily a running back one right now. Put up another 25 points this week. Just 40 yards on the ground but added 57 yards in the air and another two touchdowns. Just I mean he's he's ridiculous good. He's the ultimate Patriot of all time and continues to do great things with Tom Brady. Uh, if you've got him, he's in instant play every week in my opinion, and I would imagine yours too because he's probably going to help you win a championship this year, getting him as late as you did. Uh, the best wide receiver for this team this week was Julian Edelman, at least fantasy point-wise, getting you 12.1. Uh, racked up 36 yards on five receptions with just the one touchdown, and then next right behind him with 12 points was Josh Gordon, who finally had himself over 100 yards yard day uh, for the first time in a long time Four receptions for 100 yards and I like the way Gordon looked I really do think uh, I was wrong to be upset with him just a couple weeks ago when Tom Brady said attack because uh, I think that they are really starting to look at him and I think they're going to continue looking his way here uh, within the next couple weeks uh, Chris Hogan uh, had a good game here as well getting you nine points in fantasy with 63 catches. I'm sorry, 63 yards on six catches. If he got 63 catches, holy hell, they were working the shit out of him in that game. Uh, But I think Hogan thrives and will continue to produce and uh, just continue to get better with Gordon and Edelman producing the way they are. I think that helps Hogan out. Uh, As I've said before, I don't think that Hogan is necessarily – Uh, a a wide receiver one like they were kind of having or he was having to be early in the season when they didn't have Gordon and then obviously Julian Edelman was suspended so it with him now being kind of the three in that offense I think it really kind of helps him and I think he's going to continue to produce right around the level he's doing now uh, for the next coming weeks so for the Chicago Bears here, Mitchapalooza, and eventually I'm going to get a Mitch drop. I just haven't had a chance to get it yet, uh, but he definitely comes through for you if you started him, 33 points in fantasy with 333 yards, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions in the air, and then add an 81yard touchdown with or 80yard one touchdown, 81 yards on the ground with a touchdown as well. And the run he had there was just ridiculous. I swear that dude ran like sixty miles right there just to get the just to get there sixty yards just to get that one touchdown. Uh, it was ridiculous. Uh, for their running backs here, so Tariq Cohen was kind of shut down a little bit in the first half, but then really kind of came through in the second, got you eighteen points in fantasy again, just fourteen yards. Uh, on the ground but where he comes through big is in the receiving game 69 yards and the touchdown on eight catches again just just doing things uh being used kind of as a darren sproles type um you know as they've done in the eagle or not the yeah the eagles uh but more of a i know they've compared him kind of brian westbrook back in the glory eagle days that andy Reid used to have of course matt nagy comes from andy Reid's coaching tree Jordan Howard uh, didn't do much here in the rushing game. Just 39 yards on 12 rushes, but did get you the touchdown, so comes through for you in fantasy with 11 points. Wide receivers here. So the best wide receiver on the day was Kevin White. That's right, guys. You you, you heard me right. Kevin White, he's not dead. He's still here. Uh, had a... Huge catch, obviously, at the end of the game. Most of his yards coming, the 54 coming on that. uh, Hell Mary, where he got tackled just at the goal line. Thought it was going to be a tie game at that point. Two catches for 64 yards. Get you seven points in fantasy. Anthony Miller gets you 4.5 points with 35 yards on two catches. And then Taylor Gabriel, just 4.1 as he's got 26 yards on three catches. So that is going to... Oh, well, and I can't forget about their best player. I almost almost literally overlooked him. Trey Burton, who I said was going to have a huge game, does. Comes through with 23 points in fantasy, 126 yards, and one touchdown. Called that last week in my uh, cover four on Friday, my bold predictions. I said that he was going to go over 100 yards and get a touchdown. And he came through, making me look like a Smarty McSmarty pants, which I really do appreciate. So... With that all being said, that will be it for my Sunday breakdown games. Uh, I will do the rest of them tomorrow with probably the Monday night football breakdown and we'll I'm sure we'll discuss some other stuff. So we'll jump into the Monday night football preview. We've got the 1 in 5 New York Giants going up against the 2 and 4 Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, the B, the Matchup Predictor giving them a 68% chance of winning. They are a 4.5 favorite for the Giants' side of things here. Eli Manning, uh, he's obviously going to have to have himself a good game if the Giants want to win. The Giants need to win. They're technically not out of the NFC East yet uh, with this kind of up and down as that whole division has been. Eli Manning has obviously struggled so far this year, just six touchdowns, four interceptions. This offense runs through Saquon Barkley. I expect Barkley to have a good game here as well, especially with all the injuries and as bad as the Atlanta defense has looked. Um, As much as I hate to admit, this because I'm going up against Barkley in multiple leagues. I expect him to get over 100 yards rushing in this game and at least one touchdown. Um, my biggest question for The Giants here is going to be Odell. I don't know what he's going to do. I think he has a chance for this to be a breakout game again. A huge game for him, again, as bad as this Atlanta defense is. I expect that to happen tonight, but with Eli Manning, you never know. Sterling Shepard, I expect to have a decent game here tonight. Probably, I would say, close to 60 yards. I do think he'll get a touchdown because I think a lot of the coverage is going to go to Odell. But Evan Ingram is supposed to be back tonight, which I think could help and also throw a huge wrench into this offense for all of us who own Odell and Barkley and Shepard. So Ingram obviously had a great connection with Eli last year, but struggled to catch the ball. Uh, We'll be interested to see how good he looks tonight. If he's out there, I expect him Uh, Not to do much in between the twenties, but if they're able to get down into the red zone, I expect him to be a huge threat there. And again, I just said I think Sterling Shepard's going to score and and Barkley. Uh, So if I say Ingram scores, that means they've got to put up at least 20 points. I think the Giants could do it. I think Ingram's going to score. Probably only get you about 30 yards or so, but I think he's going to score tonight. And then Odell, I think, is just going to put up a crap ton of PPR points for you tonight. Probably get 6 to 8 catches and close to 100 yards, but I'm, I'm not sure he scores. For Atlanta side of things here, Matt Ryan, I expect to have a huge night. Again, New York Giants defense has struggled all year long. Uh, their secondary has just not been that good. I expect Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley to eat tonight along with Muhammad Sanu. I actually don't think Julio Jones has a huge game tonight. I think Landon Collins is going to be on him quite a lot. And I think Collins does a good job. Not necessarily shutting him down. Uh, I, don't think, I don't see this being a game where Julio only gets you like that 20 yards on four catches or whatever. I still think Julio Julio has himself an okay game here, probably get you 50, 60 yards, uh, five catches or so, uh, but I don't think he scores. I think he's kept relatively quiet, uh, but with that happening, it opens up Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley to just eat tonight. I expect both of them uh, to score, and I expect Calvin Ridley to actually get over 100 yards yet again tonight. Uh, as for their running backs, Tevin Coleman, Ido Smith, again, I'm really interested more now to see how they do the split for sure, knowing that it's going to be Tevin and Coleman and Edo Smith for the foreseeable future. Edo Smith has kind of been out snapping Tevin Coleman, as I talked about before. I think Edo Smith has kind of become the new Tevin Coleman, or at least what made Tevin Coleman so good when he was with Devonta Freeman. I think Tevin Coleman is going to get a bulk of the carries, but Edo Smith will get a lot of catches, uh, and it might be vice versa right now. It's something I'm going to watch closely tonight. I expect Tevin Coleman to have the better game here. Um, I expect him to get up you know 50, 60 yards on the ground uh, and I do expect him to score. Ito uh, Smith, I expect to get a quite a few receptions, five, six catches, uh, put up about 30, 40, 50 yards. And then Austin Hooper, I don't expect him to follow up the game uh, like he did or have a game like he did last week, scoring, touchdown, and putting up a bunch of yards. I think this is going to be one of those quiet games for Austin Hooper, as I talked about on the podcast last week. I think he's got, like, one great game every five or six weeks. Well, he had that one great game last week, so I don't expect him to do it uh, this week or probably even next week or a week after that, a week after that. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I could be dead wrong on Hooper. So, that'll do it. Oh, and my pick. I have actually the Giants winning this game. I think they're going to be extremely desperate. I think having Barkley and Odell and Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, as good as they are in a dome, is going to help them. I think they're going to be able to use their speed uh, to get by this defense. And even though Atlanta's defense is not horrible, I think they are worse than the Giants. I think the Giants' defense is going to be able to come up with just one stop, and that's going to be... The key difference in this game here is the Giants are able to pull off a huge win to help them stay somewhat in this race for the NFC East. So... Again, thank you guys so much for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast today. Uh, John will be here tomorrow with your waiver wire stuff, and then I will have one out later in the day as well, uh, breaking down the rest of the last six Sunday games and then the Monday night game as well. So hope you guys have a great game tonight. Good luck if you still have any fantasy matchups hanging in the balance with tonight. I hope you guys get the points you need to win you guys your games and that leads you into a happy week eight as you guys win your games in week seven so i will talk to you guys tomorrow later on in the day with all of my tuesday stuff have a great night enjoy the game tonight peace prepare for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready do you got your popcorn ready i came like the one he's the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honest don't up above his head. They can't jump with me. God, leave. Oh, they tackle him the 40 year line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> I can. <laughs>